podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ready to go the extra mile in a Volvo Mild Hybrid SUV this summer? No plug-in required. Whether you go to the mountains this summer, the ocean, or somewhere in between, Volvo Mild Hybrid technology adds to a more refined driving experience so you can summer safely. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com. Hello and welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Whee. Wow, that was the most harmonious way I think we've ever had. That was absolutely beautiful. Um, it's Pod 405. It's the week after Palace have drawn three all in a six goal thriller at Burnley. And we'll be discussing that and many more things with me, Jim Daly and Jack Pierce. Hello to you. Hello, JD. Thanks for having me on. Uh, always good to have you on. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, not too bad. Just about recovered from the first half uh, from... From, from Saturday, um, didn't go, so I've still got Alan McAnally ringing in my ears from Soccer Saturday's updates. Uh, well, you know, Alan McAnally, um, you're going to get better punditry, I think, in the next hour or so. Uh, uh, <laughs> I think you'll get better punditry from <laughs> us here today. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it, in a weird turn of fortunes for FYP podcast, we've got two people that have gone to the game. Uh, so, Joe Walker, hello to you. Um, how was your... Uh, I, one, how are you doing? And two, I saw you went up and supporters coach the weekend. So uh, how, was, how was that as an experience? <laughs> it was um, uh, life-changing. It was, uh, it was um, yeah. I, 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 the, the, the noise-making of uh, opening a can, I may, I may as well have let off a gun on that coach. <laughs> the, the, sort of the turns, the sort of <laughs> and the mutterings of disapproval. It was um, it was fine on the way up because you're excited, but um, on the way back it was, you know, someone takes an extra twenty minutes at the service stations, holds it up. <laughs> I think we got back, left Sellers at seven a.m., got back at half past eleven. Uh, barring the game, the game was like a three four hour sort of gap. It was um, pretty tough, but. <coughs> There were special circumstances for me going on there, and they're not going to happen again. So, yeah, I'll find a train regardless next time. That's my preferred route of travel. (laughs) It's almost like you're being at the theatre. Like, no, just no, no, making any noise. Got to be very, very careful. So, uh, yeah, a long day, a long day. Uh, Someone else was also there, I assume, went by train. Uh, It's Ben Long. Longy, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Good to be back. Uh, And I'm guessing you went regular route, not, not supporters coach this week. Yeah, no, I'm quite fortunate. I've never had to experience the sports coach, mate. Um, I'm either a train train goer or a, or a driver. Went up with a couple of boys, mate. We uh, we drove up on on the weekend just because it worked out. If I'd have got the train, I'd have had to leave at six from Andover, and I wouldn't have got back to midnight. So driving was was really the way ahead Saturday. Well, fair play. I mean, Burnley is up there with sort of Newcastle, I think, as one of the longest away days. So well done to yeah. you boys and anyone that went, actually. It is um, it is a brutal away day. So fair play indeed. And you were rewarded with a three-all draw, which we'll come on to in a minute. Before we do that, let's have a drum roll for a random patron, please. It's Lonzi Helms. 
Lonzi. Hello, Lonzi. Uh, thanks for joining the patron. You can join Lonzi and the patrons and get post-match podcasts, uh, patron-only merchandise, and access to the patron-only Discord club at patron.com forward slash FYP podcast. Uh, patrons all get 20% off uh, FYP merchandise instantly at podcastmerch.co.uk forward slash FYP hyphen podcast. Then anyone can buy merch, including a brand new line we've released, uh, which is an FYP football shirt. We've got an FYP badge, well-played lads on it, typical palace, and name and number available on the back. So, uh, they've been very popular indeed. So uh, look at podcastmerch.co.uk now to have a look at that. Uh, let's move on to Burnley 3, Palace 3. Uh, Longy, as you can imagine, we're going to have questions about set pieces, which we'll come on to later, namely defending them. But let's first of all talk about Christian Benteke. Another two goals for him. Um, yeah. It's fantastic to see him back amongst the goals. And I know the start of the season when Edward signed... We were debating who's going to play Edouard Benteke, but in that main role, arguably Benteke has made that his own. Yeah, definitely, mate. I feel like we're finally playing to his strengths, like we did when we first signed him. Um, obviously, he came in, hit the hit the ground running, and got seventeen goals in his first season. Um, but obviously, under Roy, we were, we, were, we were having to play a different style, and that that obviously affects different players in different ways. And and he does he wasn't getting in the same sort of positions that he's able to get in now because he's having to do a different job for the team, which is totally understandable. And, I mean, he, he got a lot of heat and a lot of hate um, from fans and they were saying he's rubbish. And you still hear it now, mate, to, like, it's sad, really, that he's got a bit of a stigma attached to him. You still hear the old Ben Teke, his lazy shouts when you're at ground still. Really? So there's a lot of short-sighted... Yeah, there's a lot of short-sighted fans still out there, mate, that still think he's he's a bit of a donkey sometimes. But... He's back in the goals, mate, and he and he's he's looking hungry. He's looking fitter. He's definitely looking fitter. I think Vieira's double sessions are obviously um, attributing to that. Um, but yeah, he, he just he seems to me like he's one of the nicest guys in football. He just seems like a, such a nice bloke, and that gives me a lot of joy seeing him back in form as well. Because it must have weighed heavy on him. He's a striker at the end of the day, but the last few years he hasn't been scoring goals, which is what we all expect from him. But he, he's been doing his part for Crystal Palace over the last few years, just not scoring a goal. So, yeah, it's great, it's great to see him back in form, mate. Um, taking his goals really well. Um, I don't know if you saw uh, his Belgium performances when he was away as well. And he took his goal really well in that one. And he, he nearly scored uh, a similar header to the one he scored at Everton a few seasons ago, where it's a textbook header, just at a sort of guiding it into the post. But he hit the post to come back out. So... Yes, yeah, it's, it's a joy to behold uh, Ben Teke on form, mate, going into um, the game against Aston Villa as well, against his former club. Oh, yes, of course. We'll be previewing that later in uh, part five. Um, Joe, uh, as long as he's talking now, I'm sort of thinking about, obviously, the um, the transfers he made this summer and the new recruitment. And you have to say that that has surely aided Ben Teke's goals this season. Obviously, having Edouard there for a bit of competition, Gallagher, who obviously set up a goal at the weekend with a lovely assist, all that has surely helped play into getting the best back out of Benteke. And maybe that was the problem over the last few years and his barren spells. Yeah, there was. you, you can't discount the fact that there was so such few fit competition, let's put it that way, because someone like Conor Wickham, fully fit, would maybe be take, pushing him all the way in training, but we never had the benefit or luxury of that, um, which is well, poor Conor. But... Um, I, I, you know, it's we we've still seen quite a bit of a transformation despite that because I think 
Um, when Edward score, came on for Benteke and scored those two quick late goals at, against Spurs, you did kind of think, oh dear, right? That's the worst. That, that's the worst way this could happen mm. for Christian. Like it, it was almost felt, oh, that's the changeover uh, justified so quickly. He might not start ever again. Um, but what sort of has helped him, I think, as well, is that I think Edward did start a game up front on his own uh, as the centre point of the front three. But it was Will's suspension at Arsenal, Edward going wide mm. of the front three and actually playing quite well. Vieira's been very hesitant to kind of take him back out of the team as a result. So we've seen him moving around uh, other people, I mean, Edward in this case, and, and for example, didn't even start at Burnley, although I think he probably wouldn't have done against Burnley anyway. But I feel like Ben Teke's really benefited from Edward being as impressive out wide in recent weeks, and he's kind of establishing himself again as this, this focal point that everything else can build off. Um, the Wolves game was a great example of his merits. The ball just bounced off him constantly, and it was Gallagher feeding off the scraps. And but I think both goals came from just Benteke as a nuisance factor against the centre-half. So I quite like that. We know we've got players, we've got the energy, we're a little bit higher up the pitch, that if, if it isn't Benteke trying to flick something on, at least you know if it's coming back towards us that there are players hounding towards the opposition who are going to maybe pick that stuff up and create something. Yeah, do, do you know what, Jack? I'm getting a bit, I'm getting a bit misty-eyed, actually, listening to the guys talk about Benteke. You, you know how emotional I like to get. But um, we're seeing a revolution of Palace at the moment. But in, in a way, we're sort of seeing the revolution and redemption of Benteke as well. And it is nice that Vieira clearly, and this, you know, this is Patrick Vieira, obviously, with a long-standing history of the Premier League, clearly holds some faith in Benteke, the fact that he's been giving him this, these chances and it's been repaid. It is a bit like, yeah, the Palace, the Palace redemption story kind of is mirrored in, in the Benteke redemption story, which I might name this week's podcast. <laughs> Good. And we'll see if we can better that. But yeah, that's not a bad one to have in the back pocket. I, I think it's, it's great to see him um, back to where he was, uh, maybe even like in his Villa days, to be honest. I mean, he's, he's a constant threat throughout the whole game. I mean, he's finished a game this weekend with two goals. But actually, could have had more. His his threat is about as high as it's been. Um, certainly since his first season at Palace, his confidence is there. I think Longy's just touched on his time at Belgium. Normally, he goes away with Belgium and is almost guaranteed to get no minutes because Lukaku is is such a focal point for them. But he's gone away this time and had minutes, so he's in a really good place at the moment because he's playing well at his club. And then, you know, due to the injury of Lukaku, he's got minutes with Belgium, and that confidence came back with him for the weekend. And I thought he was excellent. Um, I thought both of his goals. I know the first one. Um, benefits from a deflection but what he's doing he's hitting the ball early which is yeah. one of my criticisms over the last few seasons with Benteke is his hesitancy in the penalty area um, and it just really struck of someone who's, who's struggling with confidence but the fact he's taken shots so early his second one you know on the move a great finish gives Pope no chance whatsoever we're seeing a, a full firing Christian Benteke and it's a joy to see and I yeah I'll just echo what what the boys have said there really we, um, we're, we're seeing a, a really a good thing at the moment and and his place is is his to lose at the moment at the top of the three in the in the um, at the top of the pitch for Palace. So yeah, Villa will be interesting. I'm I'm sure he'd like to bag against his uh, his former employer, and hopefully he does because he's in a good spell. And actually, people seem to forget he's he's actually creeping towards the hundred Premier League goal mark, which um, if he was to reach that this season, I think would mean Palace have had an absolutely stellar season. Um, but I think it's either on eighty six or eighty seven. I think he went beyond. Someone called Cristiano Ronaldo this weekend, but I dare say he might catch up at some <laughs> oh, point. But um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it, 
I think it's like si- I think he has to get sixteen or seventeen in total this season to get right, okay. to the hundred. Which you know, I, there or there, if he gets there or thereabouts, it just shows you that this what we're talking about yeah. of a redemption. The fact he's even win with a shout of that again is a Absolutely. real just endorsement of how well improved he is, or his confidence is, and the coaching towards him is, and everything. So. Fingers crossed. Even if he gets close, that that would be that would be quite good to see. I, the way he celebrates yeah. goals, though, because even like the the Brighton winner in the last minute, he's very you know muted and does his yeah. the chest pump and the. If he got a hundredth goal and it was even if it was the last minute of a cup <laughs> final, I think he would still yeah. just we would be happier for him than he would seem <laughs> yeah. to be out. With I don't really ever understood it. I think you're right. Um, that's the, yeah, oh, that's he's, he's very calm and and yeah. If if he was to do it uh, at any point, it would be a fantastic moment for, for him and for Palace so hopefully we do get to see that moment happen the kids will know more than me but that is a is it a Michael Jordan celebration it's LeBron James I think LeBron I knew it was basketball well, I'm so yeah, out of touch yeah. LeBron James <laughs> there we go yeah I, I'm just not a basketball person um well let's go from positive to negative as we love to do on this podcast um we have a lot of questions about set pieces. In fact, it kind of involves Benteke, I guess. Well, I haven't actually seen the goals back, so I don't know if he was involved in defending them, but we know he is a pillar in set piece defending. Um, obviously, again, that has been an Achilles heel for Palace. Uh, Big Al Palace, hello, Big Al, has said, ah, set piece, our Achilles heel again. Uh, Leif Anderson's forehead, hello, Leif, has said, set piece defending, talk to me. Uh, Simon Palmer has said, what can we do to improve our defending from set pieces? Uh, have we got a chronic lack of height? Longy, I don't think... I don't, I don't think do, we have a, do we have a lack of height? That's the first time I've even thought about that. And, and I guess, to be honest, the question of how do we prove our set-piece defending is one for the management. But it, it is starting to become a bit of a trend, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is, mate. And you could, you could attribute it to height. And there's a... Uh, Carl Davies, I don't know if you know Carl Davies. Yeah. Um, he, he made a, a good point right near the beginning of the season, actually, and, we, and he was saying about how much of a small team we've sort of become. Um, and, like, we were all going through our, what would, we, what would be our 11 that we'd pick, and a lot of us were dropping out Czech and dropping out Benteke when we signed Edward. And it was like, he was like, yeah, okay, I, I get that. But when we have corners against, who's the, like, look, all of a sudden we look like a smaller team. Um, I think we got to, we got to try and find a balance, mate. And, obviously, back in the days of Pulis's and, like, he was relentless with his set piece in training and, he, and he'd, it would be a, the repetitive, like they'd spend hours and hours defending set pieces, um, uh, attacking set pieces. So we, obviously now, I, I doubt that we're not doing any tactics on set pieces, but you can only say so much as a manager and as a coach and you can only do so many things with your players in, in on a training ground and it all comes down to ind- the individuals on a match day. I think... Kiyote, he really got bullied on the first goal. Um, he could have been maybe a little bit stronger. Um, I, somebody, I think it was, I might have been on the pod extra. Somebody said about Vinny, no, it wasn't. It was, it was something else I was listening to. They said about Vinny, potentially, we see where the ball drops for the first goal. Vinny could have maybe been a bit stronger because it was in the six-yard area. If he could have come and tried to punch it or try and get something on that, potentially. And then the second goal... It, again, Benteke switches off, so you can only do so much work and training on it in, in on on the training ground. But ultimately, it's down to individual mistakes on on a match day. If you do sort of let in a, a goal from a set piece, which 
I'd say that that was the more that attributed to it more on, on the weekend was was individual errors rather than the team not being set up correctly and stuff. You know, I can't believe you're listening to other Palace podcasts. To be honest, like that's my main. It's a long drive to work every night. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to whatever you want. Um, the individual errors is a, is a fair point, Joe, isn't it? And if I could add into that, uh, Anderson, oh, I think it's been a fantastic signing for us and, and, and on the ball superb, does, and we saw it right at the end with Vinny Save from Vidra, seem to have a susceptibility to, to long balls sometimes and getting caught in behind. So again, how, you know, how much of that is down, down to individual errors and how much can a manager do when, when you're sending these well-paid players and that are fantastic in other areas out and they are making these errors? It's very difficult to know how to stem that. Yes, I, I, I think as much as... Uh, you can see, for example, I think Kuyate. I imagine it'll be something we'll cover a bit more extensively in the pod elsewhere. But Kuyate, I think part of the reason for him starting again was that to be someone in those danger areas, helping to defend and be more physical where Anderson might not be able to. Anderson, by the way, I think we might be soon entering into this. Uh, you know how Liverpool fans are with Trent Alexander-Arnold? Because Anderson had two assists, technically, on the <laughs> yeah. weekend. True, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think we're going to allow, we could allow to sort of cloud our judgment, let, let a lot slide on what is else going on mm-hmm. on the other end of the pitch uh, to my, everyone else's kind of amusement. But I think um, something, for example, that the Ben Mee goal, I think it is where Kuyate's there matching him for height, but He's allowed, or somebody else has allowed Ben Mee to have the run towards yeah. him. And that is ultimately, if that's not Kuyate marking him wrong, then that is somebody else letting or not blocking that path. So there is, tactically and strategically, there are still things that have gone wrong there that could have prevented some of those uh, problems that we have with the goals, especially. Some things like Anderson against a, a big striker, you can't really help that. I think that just comes with the, the territory, I think. Antonio had some joy against him in the West Ham game. Chris Wood had a dream day against uh, both centre-halves, actually, but Anderson especially, they seem to target. I think our, our main sort of response to that, besides some more set-piece planning, is we were at our best in that first half with the ball at the ground and trying to dictate the tempo of the game. Mm-hmm. We kept... I was really frustrated with how... You know, we, we've played a certain way over a very long time, and it's the first time I can remember in years where we had against us how sort of Pulis's Palace or, yeah. you know, Allardyce's Palace would like to play against other teams. You know, win some fouls in their half and get the ball in the box and, you know, a Scott Dan type or whoever will, will get it in the mixer. And so I felt like we gave so many fouls away in yeah. sort of innocuous areas of, the, of our own half that, that that's all Burnley wanted. They didn't want to take, they couldn't take us on man for man. They just went, right, trip me up, foul me, and we'll put it in the box. And every yeah. single delivery, we looked terrible. We looked like we, any of them could have gone in. And we lost all kind of, not confidence, but the, the ability to kind of right, put our stamp back on a game. No, no, we, this is, you know, if you have the ball, they can't do any of that stuff. And I felt like, Second half, especially, there wasn't enough of that. We 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 allowed them into the game and gave them all their opportunities to play to their strengths, and um, I think some of that could have been avoided for sure. Yeah, you're absolutely right that we're sort of being out Palace in the last couple of years, and I'm only just realising, God, how annoying were we to play against in the last couple <laughs> <Yeah>. of years? <laughs> Starting to feel for the opposition fans a little bit. Um, Jack, I think you pointed this out during the week. We need to give a nod to one of our questions from last week from Mister Total Tech Soccer Camps. We certainly 
Hello Total. Who who the, his question simply was Burnley away step one defending corner kick. So you know this was something that was that was pretty obvious, wasn't it, ahead of the game? Yeah, I mean corners are one thing, but I'm, I'm with Joe on the silly set pieces we we gave away. Um, I was listening to the game on, on BBC Radio London and just silly fouls. And that's the, when when you know you've got a bit of an issue defending set pieces, you've got to stop the opportunity for the opposition to get the ball in the box and. They've got some decent set piece takers. Goodmanson can get a ball into the right areas, and um, they've got players like me, Tarkovsky, Wood. They're they're they fl- they absolutely flourish in that situation. And we gave a few two silly situations away for them to make the most of, and they made the most of two in quick succession. the The second one went in, and the body language of a few players, Luca most notably, was arms up in the air as if to say what are we doing here like it, it it struck me that there is a real lack of confidence about the ball coming into our box from from dead balls and you've got to presume that's something that's being worked on a lot this week because Villa will come to Palace knowing exactly what to do this weekend and they've got some some big boys in their back line Mings um, don't know if Conce is available again but you know they've, they've got threats in the air and and that's what if I was playing Palace I'd be looking looking to do I felt the referee gave a few cheap ones, you know, while I'm saying we should be a little bit more cautious in terms of giving away free kicks. I think Simon Hooper gave them pretty much every time they, they went down a free kick and not everyone was as clear-cut a foul as the other one. So he could have said, stand up a little bit more, I know what you're doing, but, you know, he didn't have an especially good game across the board, to be honest. And um, We might touch on Anderson being a rather lucky boy in the second half um, too. But, yeah, I, I just think it's something we need to, to look on. And, and it's, you know, marking's one element of it, but again, Joe touched on people letting runners go and, and, and Longy touched on the, the first one being um, Benteke letting Chris Wood go and Chris Wood is their most prolific goal threat so for him to have a free header in that situation was disappointing so yeah hopefully lots of work being done this week at, at Beckenham. I know it's terrible terrible sense of humour but it still makes me laugh when people say players like me I'm sorry it's just it's just <laughs> every time commentators just every time. Um, now I want to round off part one before I do that I do want to bring up the the potential slash maybe deserved red card for Anderson. Before I do that, are any of you guys going to put that in your winners and losers in part two? No. No. Let's do it quickly then. Let's almost do it one word um, because obviously it went to review. It wasn't even given as a foul. I mean, he. It, I'll be totally honest. If I was on the other side of the fence, I'd have been calling for a red card and a foul. But let's do very brief answers, almost one word. Longy, was that a foul and a red card? No. <laughs> <laughs> said with a smile a real smile on his face Joe no <laughs> loving it okay I'm gonna, <laughs> am I going to be outnumbered three to one Jack no I've got to say we, we got away with murder there that, that was a, a certain a certain foul and if we'd not had the Laporte one on Wilf a couple of weeks before I, I might be less certain about it but we benefited from one and I just, I just presumed that was going to come back full circle and, and thankfully it didn't um, kind of begs the question of what the VAR was doing at that moment to be honest I, I, I Maybe I they had a tea break or something. I must Delivery admit, yeah, I, I, yeah, I must admit, I haven't, I haven't seen a replay of it. I, but in real time, I was very nervous in the ground. But then when the, the, the VAR didn't overturn it, I thought, oh, it must be absolutely fine then. And so that's, yeah, I just same. refused to re- review it after that. You know. it's, it's the, expert, necessi- the experts have spoken, you know, yeah, yeah. to look I at mean, it, it again. It wasn't necessarily the contact, but it was, it was very cynical. It was right. very cynical. Um, but yeah, as the, again, the sun sun was shining on us in that moment on a on a on a situation which um, 
otherwise would have made the second half very difficult if it had gone the other way. It does make you also think that we may have a couple of dodgy VAR calls coming up against us maybe in future weeks, but we will deal with those as and when they happen on the podcast. Um, or not. Anyway, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, winners and losers. It's that time of the year when Christmas is coming at us like Neil Mopay. Thick and fast. And so is an offer from Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. Manscaped just launched their new products, including their all-new ultra-premium body wash and a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give yourself or someone who needs it the gift of beautiful hair, skin and balls this holiday season. Go to manscaped.com and use the code FYP for 20% off and free shipping. Don't leave your downstairs looking like Jedinak's beard. Keep it as smooth as AJ's head with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new performance package 4.0. Jack, you've been sent the latest bundle from Manscaped and pardon the pun, but it is an impressive package, isn't it? Very good package. Very high quality uh, stuff. And uh, yeah, you, uh, lots of uh, lots of options for you to uh, to look at and, and analyse before you make the final decision as to, to what you're going to do. But the, the best part of the box for me was the Nose and ear trimmer, um, which, uh, having entered my thirties now, I, I understand I require. Um, so very grateful that was that was a bit. But again, very high quality and um, yeah, being being put to use uh, suitably. In the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents downstairs, thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology and a 4000K LED spotlight. Plus, it's waterproof, so ideal to use in the shower. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 also includes Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the anti-chafing ball deodorant, moisturizer, and toner. To keep your North Pole feeling and smelling fresh this Christmas time. The bundle also comes with Manscaped anti-chafing boxers and this package includes their new ultra-premium body wash. It's infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling nice, clean and moisturised. And they've just launched their new 2.1 shampoo and conditioner which has key ingredients with benefits that include hydrating, nourishing, conditioning the scalp and strengthening your hair at the same time. So, tis the season to load up on Manscaped products to get yourself, your dad, your brother and friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 this Christmas. And get 20% off and free shipping with the code FYP at manscaped.com. Every guy out there needs to add Manscaped to their wish list this Christmas. Hello, welcome back to the 5-Year Plan Podcast. <laughs> pod 405 it's time for winners and losers of course this is a patron only feature so if you're listening on the patron feed you'll be hearing our winners and losers if you're on the public feed you're going to get a clip from our pod extra uh, which is also available at our patron patron.com forward slash fyp podcast where you can get post-match pods and our winners and losers each week so if you like the sound of that please do sign up uh, but let's make the split now I thought it was really interesting to see how that how that game panned out. Not, not not unsurprising in many ways. I think most of us would have hedged a bet that Burnley would test us severely at set plays. Um, and with given what we witnessed at West Ham when Antonio scored with a, a long ball that was pumped upfield 
and bounced awkwardly around Anderson. You know, there was a certain inevitability that, that Bernie would sort of target that area. Um, plenty of positives in terms of the attacking play, particularly in the first half when we were more composed on the ball, other than that sort of 10-minute period where they bullied us in the middle of the half. Um, second half, they they sort of they, they pressed us a bit further up the pitch, I think, and we didn't look quite as comfortable, um, maybe didn't create quite as much. But... But still, you know, it's okay. It's a point, and and there is a vulnerability there that they need to address, and they need to keep working on. And and um, and I think it's not just a case of saying that it's that it's Gay and and Anderson that need need that work. I think a, a lot of the the way that we defend those set plays, whether that involves Kuyate, whether that involves Benteke. Um, even the fullbacks as well. We we've got to find a way of being a bit more a bit more solid at, at those scenarios. But but generally speaking, it, it's not bad. I watched Bernie the week before get a, a creditable draw at Stamford Bridge. Um, of course you did. Of course I did. Obviously, and uh, or three weeks before, wasn't it? Because of the international break, and they created very little themselves that day. But they did cause similar kinds of problems, but just fewer of them against Chelsea's bat line. Uh, Palace aren't as good as Chelsea's bat line, um, but Palace were a lot more ruthless with their with the chances that we, we created. I mean, a lot more. Chelsea, I think, scored one of 25 attempts. We scored three at Turf Moor with 18 shots and, and nine of them on target, which is uh, eight of them on target, which is really impressive. So lots of lots of positives, but predictably, we're going to have to work at this set play thing because I think a few teams, not least Aston Villa, next weekend with with their array of commanding centre halves, are going to target Palace Palace's vulnerability at set plays in the in the weeks and months to come. Adam, what were your thoughts on on uh, the the performance as a whole? Um, not really sure because there are sort of pluses and minuses all over the place, probably more questions and answers at the end of it. I thought, you know, first half, we were sort of very good. First of all, I guess, Patrick Vieira's choice of side was quite, you know, he's, the 11 players that he put on the field, it was quite interesting, really. You know, I wasn't necessarily expecting Luca to replace James MacArthur. You know, I thought it'd be Luca or Czech and then maybe a Schlapp or a Hughes or an Eze even or whatever that would come into it. Jordan, are you playing as well? You know, it was clear that he set up his team to fight fire with fire to a point, you know, in terms of physicality and, and to be robust and all that sort of stuff against what was going to be a difficult opponent. And I wasn't sure whether it was the right thing to do in the sense that are we then sort of, I can't believe I'm sort of saying that as a Crystal Palace fan in the Premier League, but did we sort of uh, drop down to their level in that sense? You know, not that we're sort of levels, but I mean in a sort of playing context because... Obviously, Czech Kuyate isn't one of your best footballers and Jordan Ayew isn't one of your best attacking threats, you know, in that sense currently. In fact, I'd say that Jordan Ayew at the moment is more effective without the ball than with it in terms of getting it back for us and 
and, and putting a shift in. But from an attacking perspective, we needn't have worried too much because we were pretty fluent in the first half in, in that respect. And in fact, I don't know what level of highlights you've seen, Dom, but I've watched we the, probably, the game back in, in Tariff. So right, OK. Yeah. So you've seen some of the bits that weren't shown in the sort of shorter versions. We probably could have scored six goals in the first mm. half. Mm. Christian Benteke's header, the one that Will sort of drags across the box that Benteke gets in the side net and it's very tight and there are bodies there at that point. Conor Gallagher had an absolutely guilt-edged opportunity, yeah. uh, you know, which he should score and didn't really test Nick Pope. Um, and I think, so I think from that perspective, you know, you've gone there and you've scored three goals in the first half. But Tom used the same term that I did. I was sat with Frank Fielding, who's a friend of mine, who's a goalie that's training with Burnley at the moment while he's clubless, and Glenn Murray, actually, during the first half. And I said to Glenn Murray at half-time, what are you expecting now? Because I said I wasn't sure. I I said I could see either Burnley coming back in, uh, you know, coming out for the second half, scoring early, and us rolling over and getting beat 5-3 or something, or us scoring the next goal and winning 5 or 6-2. You know, I just, I wasn't really sure what would happen. And in all honesty, you know, the vulnerability that, that Dom's talked in depth about there already, you know, was a, I said to Frankie in a car when he picked me up at Preston and drove me from the station, and I sort of said to him, he said, what do you think will happen? And I said, I think we're very good, but we've been very vulnerable to sort of some direct play or second phase set piece situations and so on this season. I said, and I think we might get more of that today than we've been used to, and it might cause us a problem. And it and it certainly did, really. Um, we had a, a bit of a discussion about this beforehand, but I, I, I just I feel like it needs to be said. Palace fans have a reputation for being a strong unit, right? We, we, we've, we've stuck together through really, really difficult times, really challenging situations. You know, we ended up, we, the, the support that we showed when we, when we went up against, you know, the, in the 2010 season, for example, and even prior to that, we helped to create an environment that made people realize how important a football club is. If you have disagreements with other Crystal Palace fans, whether it's about your you know, mentality or whether it's some kind of disagreement about, you know, whatever it is, just don't do it. Don't fight at a football match. You know, if you have to beat some, if you want to have a have a boxing match with someone, go and find someone to do that. But don't do it at a football match. It puts that it, it, it gives games a bad atmosphere and at Burnley today uh, yesterday there was a sense of kind of tension and you could feel it whether it was at the cricket club or whether it was in the stadium and here's the other thing there are families at football matches right there are people who go to the game to watch the game and to support their team they're not there to witness you beat the crap out of each other they are there to watch their team and support their team if you have to if you feel like you have to beat someone up or if you feel like that you have to turn something violent, find somewhere else to do it. Do not do it at a palace match. It's not needed. You know, and, and, and the, the other thing is, well, 
that 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 kind of lecture applies to traveling as well you don't have to be you don't have to give it aggro the entire train journey home you don't have to make train travel back from a match tense because you're because you th- because someone said something to you or someone did something to you or that to see palace fans being arrested at Euston after the after arriving back it was just embarrassing i just think what 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 is going on we we can do better than that and i i really that's my rant done i just think we need to do better you know and, is there, and is there a big I'm, I'm sorry. between the uh, the patrons on the FYP, oh, massively, yeah, yeah. yeah. Me and JD, I, 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 honestly, no, I, I just think, I just think people need to grow up. It's a football team. Well, you can, uh, you can have a difference of opinion over whatever it may be, and who knows what these differences of opinion are. But it should never lead to violence. And I'm sad to say that a lady had to come and sit by us in the carriage yesterday, who was probably in her sixties or seventies, who was pretty disturbed I think by what had gone on on the train and she was brought up into the first class bit and sat down and given tea and all that sort of stuff and she's clearly very shaken and nobody should have to deal with that nobody right. should have to deal with that you've got a responsibility nobody wants you not to go and enjoy the game and not to have a good time but you know if you are drinking that much alcohol or whatever else you're doing that's you know, I'm not somebody who drinks a drop of it, so I don't really understand it anyway. But, you know, you have to maintain respect and control for all and uh, have a social conscience. And these people shouldn't have to deal with this. You are, as an individual, an ambassador for Crystal Palace, right? You wear, you, you, you might not wear the colours, that might not be your thing, but you go to Palace matches and you cheer your team on and people see you as a Crystal Palace fan and therefore you are an ambassador for the club. You have an individual responsibility to behave like an adult and not get yourself into trouble. We all know that. I, I mean, I just don't, I don't see any sense in it, but it is, maybe it is something that, that the club need to address. I don't think it's got to that stage yet, but if it continues, if things continue to fester between supporters, then maybe that needs to be addressed. And ultimately the people that get arrested, hopefully they learn a lesson from, from their experience. Experience, but that is our winners and losers done thank you if you're a patron and you listen to that we appreciate your support and if you didn't uh please do join our patron if you want to hear our winners and losers and post-match pods at patreon.com forward slash fyp podcast um after the break will hughes We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent, the next a chef, or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge, for every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent, the next a chef, or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge. For every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. 
Uh, welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Whee! Pod 405, uh, and it's our time for us to talk about Will Hughes, as we've teased it a lot in this episode. Uh, it's, of course, a part we were supported by The Athletic, uh, bringing you every football story that matters. The Athletic is home to the best collection of football reporters, storytellers, and analysts in the world, from breaking club news and exclusive interviews to brilliant features and tactical analysis. The Athletic is football news you can trust and football writing you can feel and get all access to exclusive stories ad-free. This week's article by Matt Woosenden, which came out yesterday morning, I think, is called MacArthur's Prolonged Absence is a Test for Vieira. Will Hughes, Eze, I haven't mentioned him yet, or Schlupp come into the midfield? And in Matt's article, he talks about uh, MacArthur's injury, where he does say uh, it was a hamstring injury, suffering the Wolves game, which scans later revealed a tear in the muscle. The problem is expected to keep him out for a total of eight weeks, but two have already passed since the Wolves game. So we're looking at six further weeks, which basically takes us to... New Year, unfortunately. Uh, Matt goes on to talk about, obviously, the impact MacArthur's had, which obviously needs no more coverage. We know how well, how well he's been this season and, and, and just defying science and age, really, and being absolutely fantastic. Uh, and Matt goes on to talk about, obviously, the potential replacements. Um, here's a quick clip from the article. Uh, there will inevitably be a difference in how the team operates while MacArthur is out. That was apparent when Czech Kiarte attempted to fill in that role against Burnley, which was broadly unsuccessful. One option could be to move Gallagher slightly deeper into the MacArthur role, but he'd be less suited to play there, and it would likely hinder his attacking threat, which has been crucial to Palace's good start this season. Um, let me move on then to a bit about... Oh, I haven't highlighted it. Um, there's also a bit about Will Hughes. Uh, Jack, I'll come to, you, I'll come to you for this because uh, Matt does go on to say that it might be a chance for Will Hughes to play. Uh, apparently, he did have an injury when he first joined, which limited chances in the early games. But we get questions every week on this podcast about Will Hughes. Will he play? Is he still a thing? When will we see him? <laughs> it, it, for me, it does fall into that category of um, when players aren't in the team, they do become slightly maybe better than they are. We haven't seen Will Hughes yet. We've signed him from Watford, who are our team in and around us on the table. He could be fantastic. He could be a Watford reject. How do you feel about Will Hughes? And do you feel like maybe now is the time for him to get a chance? Uh, when we were linked with him for the type of fee that we was quoted, you know, six to eight million pounds. I thought it was a really sensible piece of business if we could get over the line for that quoted price. So when we did get over the line, I was really pleased. And I think um, he adds quality to a part of the pitch where you can't have enough quality. The midfield's so important in the Premier League that, you know, any quality is, is welcome. And I think he is a, a quality Premier League player. Um, he's had a rather, you know, Difficult career in the sense of injuries have kind of stopped his momentum. But when he was coming through at Derby, he was a clear talent. And I think when he has played for Watford in prolonged periods of of, uh, of time without injuries, he's he showed the quality that he's he's got. So I think there is a, a Premier League quality player um, there. The reason for him not playing so far this season is probably a combination of him signing relatively late in the window, um, not having the same pre-season that the, the rest of the squad had, this injury that he um, apparently came to the, the, the club with. Um, but also the fact that the midfield has started quite well and the team's started relatively well. You know, you, you're not going to make changes to to a winning team um, unless there are necessary changes to make. So I, 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 I'm with you on the point about, you know, the, the legend of Will Hughes is probably growing by the, the second in terms of him not playing. Um, but I do think if he was given a chance, he wouldn't let us down. I think there's a, there's a very good player there. And I think his skill set in terms of the midfield roles that we have available, I think probably most suit the role that Mac has been playing for us so far this season. So 
for me, Macca's absence does provide the best opportunity to see Will Hughes and, and see what he can do in a Palace shirt. Whether Vieira goes down that route is, uh, is, is for him to decide, but I, I certainly think Hughes would provide a better balance in the midfield than, than maybe a, the trio of, of Gallagher, Luca, and, uh, and Czech. So I, ahead of this Saturday, would like to see uh, Will Hughes given a chance, um, or, or Schlappi, as I mentioned in the, in the previous part. But yeah, I think it is time for Will Hughes to, to get some minutes in the Palace shirt, and, and again, hopefully that's sooner rather than later. Longy, obviously Villa provide a different test to um, to Burnley at the weekend. And I think we can rule out Gallagher playing deeper. I think we know that would pretty much eradicate most of his good qualities. Or oh, unless you maybe think he should do. And and I, I want to ask you, do you think Matt's being fair that the Chiarte, uh test was unsuccessful? And also, you're probably, out of all the R-podders we've ever had, I think, up there with Selzy in the probably go to the most games. I've definitely seen you at Watford away numerous times over the years. So you've probably seen Will Hughes a fair few times. What are your thoughts on him as well? Um, oh, I've got so much to say about the whole Macca thing. Um, so Will Hughes, right? Excellent signing for the price we played. And I think, unfortunately, with Palace fans, the players that don't play become the best players, like your Gyros, your Max Myers. Um, and he's just been unfortunate that Jack's right. He didn't really have a proper pre-season. He came into the squad late. He came with an injury, and ultimately, the way we started the season, he's not going to get a sniff of the team anyway because Maka and Gallagher have held down them two positions, and so he hasn't really had his chance. Um, the next sort of six weeks, with Maka being injured especially, I think even if Maka wasn't injured, Maka wouldn't have been playing every single game um, getting flogged like he did last Christmas, which ultimately meant he got injured and missed the rest of the season. So he, I, I feel like he would have been given his chance anyway. Um, the burn, He hasn't been able to get his chance yet because, like I say, the boys have been playing well. The first chance he's, he got would have been Saturday. I I agree it wouldn't have been the right time to throw him in. I feel like one of the good things about Patrick Vieira that I've noticed since he's been here is he seems to... if he if he makes a decision and it doesn't go right, he's he's learned from it. Whether it be the Brighton game late on, he then thought, right, I'm going to put a, a defender on late on. It didn't work against Arsenal. Man City, he made an attacking change. We go and win that game. So I feel like Vieira is still constantly learning all the time. And he would have learned on Saturday that it didn't work. Luca and Kuyate didn't work. And he's seen that. And he, he probably did go down the route of... Um, being Burnley away, he's gone for physicality. Um, so he'll learn from that. And I'm pretty sure it, they them two won't start together on Saturday. So this could be Will, Will Hughes' chance. Um, it's probably a bit early to throw Eze in. Uh, I think Eze's going to have to be gently put back into the team, coming off the bench, etc. Um, I disagree about Gallagher playing deeper. I don't think... I think if you put him and Eze in the team together with a Luca behind them, it's neither player will be told to be the further one forward. I feel as a as a pair, like Connor will always bomb on. He's got the energy to get forward, get back. Eze is quite a casual player. He he can just sort of float around the midfield, whereas Connor will be the energy. Um, I was chatting to a bit of a name drop, uh, Nathaniel Klein's brother the other night, and he seems to think that. Eze and Gallagher is the two anyway. He seems to think that 
them wow. two when as they fit that that will be the two with with a pivot behind them, and even Maka might even be able to play the pivot. Um, so I, what what it shows me, and with my positive hat on as always, is the options we've got. Yeah. No longer are we. Oh, Maka's out for six weeks. What are we going to yeah. do? It's what are we going to do now? Maka's out. Jeffrey Schlupp, Will Hughes, Eze, moving Gallagher around. So, it, so it, my positive spin on it, mate, is is our options we've got to to cover the loss of Maka. And like I said earlier, even if Maka wasn't injured, I wouldn't expect him to be playing week in week out over the next six weeks. The games are coming thick and fast, mate. We've got Leeds away on a Tuesday night, followed by United away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that is very exciting, actually, the uh, the SA Gallagher double up. Um, Joe, let's get well, let's get your thoughts on, on Will Hughes. Come on, seeing as we're doing the Will Hughes rounds at the moment. Someone that I've always um, rated, maybe not necessarily on what I've seen in the flesh. I've, he, I've still got, you know, pl- his first impressions are lasting impressions, aren't they? And I, I remember him as a young kid at Derby. You know, when you're playing football manager, he was just you know, one of those <laughs> kids that was just going to go all the way to the top. Um, I wouldn't go as far as saying he didn't pull up trees at Watford. I think that'd be very harsh because that's just such a basket case club that, you know, to have stayed there over a prolonged period of time is a kind of endorsement in itself to survive that many managers who all rate you and play you. Um, I think just the, what the sort of player that he is, uh, is maybe different to what people are expecting of him as a kid. He's a lot more, um, a lot more dirtier a player or like, you know, get stuck in aggressive uh, as well as what he's capable of on the ball, which I, I don't think he gets heralded for so much. So I think that's a really good fit for our side because you do need now someone that can do a bit of both, that he's not going to shy away from either one. He might not be well beaten at either, but just the ability to kind of try and, and fit in that system and be done what is asked of him. I think he'd be more than capable in our midfield. And yeah, as, as long as he says, I, you know, as much as I thought, you know, we've really missed Maka on the weekend, I'm not in a fetal position about it, but we are now, we've now entered this, uh, as you said, it's not default options and, oh, he's out, therefore we drop this one player in. We've actually got a, an audition a uh, few weeks here of like, you know, I think a few people, until we get it right, I think we're going to see quite a few viable options get their, get their minutes in these, in these spaces. And the, the, yeah, the, 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 two, the pairing of, of Gallagher and Eze, it's a year ago would have given me a heart attack. I think the idea of that, it, it just, you, you know, I've learned to, I've learned to love again and, and be more positive and adventurous. And I, I'd love to see that. I'd really love to see that work. Cause as you say, Gallagher with the energy as a sort of just gliding into the areas where he's going to be most dangerous. And then someone like a bulldog behind them, just clearing up anything else that comes. I would love to see. It. I think teams would be terrified to play yeah. that. I agree. And actually, that does sit in more of the Vieira tactic of the one holding and two in front rather than Czech and Luca as it was at the weekend, which I did think did unbalance things a little bit. Um, we've given Will Hughes about 10 minutes there, guys. So hopefully he'll get longer than that uh, in upcoming up, up <laughs> games. But we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, thank you JD, very much. JD, can I just give uh, credit to, to Mike Wicks, friend of the pod, who um, I think using analysis of Hughes' skill set has previously described him as like a diet kabai. And I think that's possibly a good way of describing him in terms of what we might see from him. And Joe's just kind of mentioned that tenacious side of him. Because I think we can all agree, and, and homage to the king, uh, Johan Gabay was, was far snider than I think any of us yeah. 
uh, thought he would be. And I think Hughes has got that in him, but also with the quality on the ball too. So, yeah, if, if anyone hasn't seen Will Hughes, I think that's probably a fair summary of, of what, we, what we could expect to see in a Palace shirt. That is, first of all, my favourite nickname we've had for a long time. Second of all, the new title for the podcast. Uh, so, yeah, lovely. Dark if I love that. <laughs> yeah, people will be very confused with this week's title. Um, good stuff. Well, look, thanks, guys. And thank you to The Athletic as well for providing us with the article there. Go to theathletic.com forward slash FYP. That's theathletic.com forward slash FYP for 50% off an annual subscription to The Athletic. That's just £30 a year for sports journalism that brings you closer to the action. Uh, right, after the break, questions. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hey, it's Jesse Kelly. Ronald Reagan famously once said the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Americans are losing faith in the banking system and at the same time, the U.S. government could soon be headed toward a centralized banking system. How scary is that? How do you protect yourself as the government gets more involved in your life? For me, owning gold is one way. Having gold that I can see and touch makes me feel protected. Having a portion of your retirement in precious metals is another way to feel protected. I don't own crypto, I don't own NFTs, and I don't buy meme stocks. I don't invest in things I don't understand. If you are like me and want to feel safe, it's time to call my friends at the Oxford Gold Group. Go to www.oxfordgoldgroup.com to learn more. Again, that's www.oxfordgoldgroup.com. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. It's part four questions. Uh, Here we have probably the best question we've ever had from I Matthews. Hello, I Matthews. Hello, I. I Here we go. (sighs) Have we turned the corner? Oh, it's an absolute stunner. Uh, yeah, uh, fair play, I Matthew. That's uh, that's a lovely pun. We enjoy that. Unfortunately, it does remind me of Cornet's goal, which was very well taken at the weekend. Uh, um, yeah, I've, I've got to say, yeah, for all the sort of complaints I had about set pieces uh, earlier on on the pod, that still was a, a crazy finish, you know. And it was you, you sometimes have to hold your hands up. I know we've had to hold our hands up to great finishes a lot <laughs> over the last few years. <laughs> But that to the more DVD, than most. Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But exactly, add that to the DVD, which the greatest compilation of all time. Goals well, against it, Palace. Well, it was firstly it wasn't a scorpion kick, which was great, and secondly Wayne wasn't in goal, so we are we are progressing slightly yeah. uh, from the previous one. But, <laughs> but yeah, he was well, present. Wayne was there, so maybe it's just the. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's Do you know, happened. He considered at full time when they're all shaking hands on the pitch. <laughs> yes. the, I thought so, you were going to say. I thought well, you were Wayne, Wayne Hennessy comes to. Um, 
because obviously the, the home and away changing rooms at Turf Moor due to COVID are completely other end of the pitch. So there's a meeting sort of with Gaeta and Hennessy towards our away end, and yeah. Hennessy sort of has, does, do I give them a do I give them a yeah, clap yeah, yeah, yeah. or do I just run? <laughs> just left, and he just uh, uh, it was very it. kind of half heart like oh no I'm gonna go I'm gonna go. What do you think would have happened? I thought you were gonna say that he, he waved to us, and given that guy's difficulties <laughs> with waving previously, I didn't want to hear it. No, no thank you. What do you think would have happened? I think he'd have got he'd have got a polite applause, wouldn't he? Really? I, I think he would have got a polite applause, mate. Yeah. Like, I don't think we would have stooped to to, to no. give him a boo or anything. No, I think it's 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 uh, water under but the it bridge. It was funny to watch. I, I was exactly the same as Giles. Like, ooh, ooh, is he going to clap us? <laughs> <laughs> and now he just ran off. Yeah. Bottled it. Um, well, from one keeper to another, we had a few questions about Guaita, who obviously we did name check earlier with that uh, superb match-winning save. Bizarre, we have to call it a match-winning save, really, after our three goals uh, right at the end from Vidra. Um, but we've had a few people questioning, well, questioning him, to be honest, with their questions. So, uh, Michael Middleton. Hi, Michael. Hello, Michael. Uh, says, uh, VG is a great shot stopper, but as a keeper that can come for a cross, he is sadly lacking. Given the amount of set-piece goals, nine, he's put in brackets, we are letting in, would it not be time for JB, Jack Butland, to get a game? Surely he can command the box more. Um, and then, actually, to be fair, it has created a bit of a, uh, this is on the Facebook group, a bit of a conversation because John O'Connor then uh, replied saying, I don't think he was at fault for their goals. The defence are too flat. In fact, I think he deserved man of the match for that save in the final minute. And uh, someone called Pethos has said, in my opinion, he was also man of the match. No chance for any of the goals. I think he commanded the box very well today, unlike our defenders. And saved us a point with a great save at the end against Vidra. Uh, Longy, where do you stand then on this great debate that is brewing on the Facebook page? I can see from the start of the season, I was a little bit concerned. I thought he started it shakily in the Chelsea game. A couple of potential, you could say, there were errors. And I felt like he was he didn't, didn't seem as confident as, as he has been since he's been at Crystal Palace. Um, but as... But that's obviously he's got brand new defence in front of him, so that was obviously a contributing factor. And I feel like as the season's gone on, he's, he's progressively his confidence has come back. Um, like I touched on earlier, maybe potentially the first goal on Saturday, with it being in the six-yard box, he could have maybe come. But ultimately, Selzy, when he talks about it, he talks about it a lot about how he used to speak to Julian about how many points Julian used to win for us as a team. Um, there's no doubt he won, he won us a point on, on, on Saturday. In the, in the last minute, he makes that save, we get a point. Um, so he's still a massive, he's massively important to us still. And like I say, his confidence has come back within as the season's gone on and he's got used to his defence and he's got better with his distribution with his feet because he's, he's, he's touching the ball a lot more in games than he, he would have done in previous seasons. Um, so again, that leads to he's got to be more concentrated. Um, I think Jack Butland, his time's going to come for Crystal Palace. There's no doubt in my mind he will be number one for Crystal Palace as at some point. Um, and again, when I touched on earlier about our options and I look now and <laughs> remember when Vinny or Jules would be injured and you'd get the team news and you'd be you see Wayne Hennessy in goal, you'd be like, oh no. Whereas now, if Vinny did pick up an injury, I'd have no issues with Jack Butland coming in. Like we've got a real strong number two. Um, it's not. I don't think it's quite his time yet. I'd like a cup run so he can get get a run of games for the club. Um, no doubt, if I'm pretty sure Butland will play in the cup games. Um, so it'd be nice if we stay in a cup. So get him a few games. But his time will come. But at a minute, Vinny, 
he's growing with the team, he's growing with his new defence. And like I say, he, he wins us a point on Saturday and he'll win us a few more points throughout the season, no doubt. Yeah, I agree, I agree about Butland. I think he's uh, I think he's an excellent backup and by all accounts sort of doing very well at the club and well liked, which is superb. And you're right, Longy, it does make you feel a lot more calm when you do hear about an injury or whatever. Which again, as you guys were saying earlier, shows how good our options are at the moment. Um, Jack, uh, what are your thoughts on this Guayita command in the box kind of thing? Because I think uh, Long is absolutely right to, to reference Selzy when he talks about the points that Jules used to win us and, and undoubtedly Guaita does that and again Saturday was an example and is it just a case of you have to compromise sometimes with some goalkeepers that there will be certain areas of the game that are stronger than others? Yeah, I think you have to give credit to Burnley for their setup and their the delivery into the box. I mean it's very difficult for a keeper to command his box when he's pinned in as well as Burnley pinned him in. Uh, you only have to look back at footage of the first goal in particular where you know their their intent was very clear for us all to see and that you know Vinny is is tied to his goal line. Not illegally, Burnley, you know, just very clever in terms of how they position themselves. And the whip on the ball meant that, you know, it's it's a it's a chance before Vinny's even had a chance to to kind of make a move out of out of where he was. So I, I don't know. And, and the second goal, I didn't think he had a problem. Obviously, the third one, <laughs> he could have had 10 of Vinny in goal, although he's getting close to that one. Um, but I think, yeah, the, the fact that he saves points is the key bit, and he did save a point on Saturday. The, the thing for me with, with, with Vicente is he's so good. If he was as good as he is in terms of his shot stopping across the board, I don't think he'd be playing for Crystal Palace. Yeah, that's the, that's the brutal honesty for, for me. It, he, he's so good in certain facets of goalkeeping, that there almost has to be a drop in order for him to be playing for Crystal Palace. And I hate to say, I don't want to you know, belittle the club I love, but that's, that's the way I see it. I think we have to accept that his kicking sometimes won't be fantastic. We have to accept that sometimes the command of his area is not especially good. Although, to his credit, I think his punching's improved throughout the time he's been with Palace. And I think he commands his area a lot more than he did when he first came to Palace. So it's not an area of concern for me. As, as long as you just touched on, if an injury does occur, we've got a very solid backup in Jack Butland, who I think has had his confidence rebuilt while being number two. I think everybody knows he had a very, very difficult end to his time mm-hmm. at Stoke. And hopefully his, uh, what will it be now? I guess nearly two years since he, he joined the club. So in those two years, I'm, I'm hoping he's, he's you know, refound his love for, for the game and, and the position that he, he has loved all of his life. And, and if he gets a chance, I, I think we'll see a very happy and content Jack Butland in goal and which would hopefully mean a very impressive um, impressive goalkeeper should we need to call him. But for now, I've got no concerns about Vinny. None at all. No, and I think actually your point about um, <clears throat> players playing for Crystal Palace, you can pretty much apply that to everyone. You know, we were talking about Anderson's some of his shortcomings earlier. Again, if Anderson was fantastic at literally everything, then he'd be playing for a top four club and not for Crystal Palace. So I think that is something you can probably apply across the board. Um, Joe, what are your thoughts on, on VG? Uh, it's, it's someone that's come up a lot since I've joined the pod, and there's been discussions about. The, I mean, the, the concern early on in the season was: is he is he up to this style of play of passing, beginning attacks on the ground? Um, I think he's grown into that, and that was kind of something we just should have given him a bit more faith and time in. Um, you know, I'd, I think I think a team like Burnley is so unique. In, in the Premier League now, it, there used to be a lot more sides that would come and play like this, and we've had them. We've been that side before, uh, Stoke before us. Um, I, I just think who uh, Jack Butland's quite tall, deceiving like surprisingly tall. I think he's like six foot five or something. Um, so yeah, 
physically and he might be better at coming out and you know being clearing the lines a bit better on the weekend just gone I don't think yet that is enough reason to to hoist Guaita out of the team I think he's more than earned his time I think I don't think really as as well as we've already touched on he saved he saved us a point on the weekend and the shortcomings that you might perceive as shortcomings, let's say, at the set piece in terms of not coming out. I think that's if that's how he prefers to do things, ultimately, why, why would we force him to kind of, again, compete with Chris Woods in the air? Even with, even with a good punch, he might not win that battle. And then we've got no one behind him on the line to clear things up. That Actually, on reflection, I'm surprised that wasn't a set-up on the weekend, having a couple men on the posts. I know some managers don't like to do that, but I think both goals kind of went the sort of side mm-hmm. netting where, where a man would sometimes be for other teams. Um, so maybe that would avoid... Well, that would be something that would help if we're going to get outgunned in the air. But yeah, no, I, I, I think Great has been an excellent servant for us. I think he will continue to be throughout the season. I think his next contract that comes or whatever, I think he will... Go home. I think that you know he's getting to that age now, and I think he'll have earned a very, very nice kind of uh, swan song somewhere, and maybe back to Valencia where he started. Actually, have a good actual run at that team where he didn't get a chance before, or, or somewhere else. Let's not let's not let's not forget. Do you remember when we agreed to deal with him? I think it was January, <laughs> and then he had such a great run between then and this summer that we looked like we might go down. So it was kind of all we maybe we don't want him and so we were sort of there was talk of Barcelona kind of asking the question of what would it cost for us if that happened what would it cost for you to just sell us to to him straight or sell him to us straight away like he's that well thought of in Spain maybe just a little bit too old to be in their national setup but I, I, I think he's an excellent keeper and I'm just not I'm not worried at all to be honest yeah no I think that's fair enough um let's move on then really quickly before we do the Villa preview with one question here from Coffees for Closers Hey, coffee for closers. Hello, coffee for closers. Um, and it's a positive one, Loggy, so I'll come to you for it. Um, will we ever lose again? We, we are on an unbeaten run at the moment, which I, th- which I think is seven games, seven or eight games now, is it? Um, one off, one yes. off a Palace Premier League record, I think. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, one off. So we're doing okay, aren't we? Yeah, it's, it's, it's mad. It's, it's like we go, we go to games now, really, really po- positive, like thinking... We're not, we're not just going... I mean, I, I don't want to bash Roy. I, don't, I definitely don't want to bash Roy because sales will be on me. But um, Roy done a job <laughs> with what he had. Yeah. And obviously, I used to travel to games. It was a day out with my pals. Football was in the middle of it. And it wasn't really enjoyable. That was the least enjoyable part of the day. Now, it's, it's, it's a part of the buzz of the day. You meet the boys. You have a few beers. You're excited about the actual game of football because we are playing some really good football um, with some young players, which we love seeing. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's totally, it's put a different slant on everything now. So yeah, the whole, are we going to lose again? You look at the fixtures and you think, oh, we could win that. We could win that. Even going to United away next year, uh, next year, next weekend. It won't be as easy now. Now Ollie's not at the wheel, but we, we, I look at that and I think, yeah, we, we, can, we can go there. We, we've beaten the last couple of seasons. I feel like we're playing better than them now. A lot will depend on what happens in the next week. But going to Leeds away, like we were terrible against Leeds away last year. Mm. We were horrendous. One of the worst performances of the season. But I look at that, I think, yeah, we can go there and win. So he's right. Will we ever lose again? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's nice. And also it's nice that 
we're playing we're not just playing good football but it's working a lot of teams in the Premier League have tried to play good football and it hasn't worked and that's been their downfall we're playing good football it's entertaining it's fun and it is getting us points and we are safely mid-table at the moment so I think that is a good a good part to round off our questions so thank you to our our listeners for those questions uh in part four five in part five uh a quick preview of Aston Villa When it comes to business and meeting travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold your meeting or the innovative industries that will make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insights said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. And when work wraps up for the day, the evening is just getting started. I'd love to tell you about all the 46 Michelin-rated restaurants, or the array of outstanding dishes that'll have you coming back again and again. But executive chef Guillaume Rabin of Lake Nona Wave Hotel can sum it up better than me. Orlando has a world of artisans, so you can try incredible cuisines from across the globe. It's so true, and there's so much more. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at orlandoforbusiness.com. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the Five Plan Podcast. Hey. Uh, it's part five where we preview the next game, uh, which is Aston Villa at home. Uh, Steven Gerrard versus Patrick Vieira on the touchline, making us all feel incredibly old. Um, in fact, Gerrard's second game for the club got off to a win, didn't he, in his first game, I think, against Brighton. Was that yep. right? There we go. Um, well done, Stevie. So, <laughs> so... Uh, we've got a question here from Sean Stephen. Hey, Sean. Hello, Sean Stephen. Who says, and Jack, I'm going to come to you for this one, because not only does Sean say, will Eze start in the match against Villa? So I get your thoughts on that. He also says, P.S., happy birthday for Thursday, Jack Pierce. Jack, it's your birthday tomorrow. Look at that. (laughs) Happy birthday. (laughs) Absolutely stitched up. Yeah, Yeah. fair enough. Yeah. It is my birthday tomorrow. Uh, Yeah, yeah. The birthday's just passed me by now, but... um, (laughs) Yeah, at 33, so yeah, uh, many happy returns to myself for that one. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Hoping Palace, Hoping Palace can put on a show for me on uh, on on Saturday. So yeah, but thank thank you, Sean. That's very nice of him. Uh, in answer to the question, Sean, uh, uh, I don't think Eze will start, but it's more likely we'll see a feature from him than it was last Saturday. I think it's probably last Saturday was more of exercise and getting him back in the routine of uh, travelling with the first team, which I'm I'm sure after a period of time of not having it. Takes some getting used to again, and yeah, I think uh, depending on how the first 60, 70 minutes go, I think it might be a nice opportunity for him to be introduced to a Selhurst crowd for the first time. Um, so I'm sure the welcome for him uh, 18 months on from when he joined the club will be about as rapturous as it, as it possibly yeah. could be, because there's a lot, a lot of love for a guy that, that not many of us have seen. I was fortunate enough to see him for the, um, the Spurs game last year, and, and you know he got, got a very warm welcome that day, but in front of a full Selhurst, I can't 
can't really anticipate how, how loud that might be, particularly if things are going our way. Yeah, I'd completely forgotten that he's not played in front of a sellers crowd. That's mad. And it's nearly December 2021. Um, I guess we we're hoping, Longy, and I'm going to use a cliche, the, the new manager bounce, and we've had long debates in this pod as to whether that is a thing or not. But obviously, Gerard gets off to a win there. So Villa are going to be a harder prospect than they would have been a week ago, two weeks ago. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, he, there's no doubt he would have gone in there and he would have lifted the place for, for sure. Um, I, didn't, I didn't see any of the, the Villa, Brighton highlights or anything from the last weekend. So I'm not too sure how they played um, in, in that game, whether they steamrolled it through Brighton. Obviously, they won 2-0, but I'm, I'm not sure if it was clear cut as that. It was late, late goals. Uh, Two late, late goals, goals, yeah. Yeah, so... Again, I'm looking at it more of, of our point of view. I feel like we we we, we don't look at, at teams and fear fear anyone anymore. So it'd be it'd be how we take the game to Aston Villa. Um, if we do what we've been doing this season, I'm confident we've we've got more than enough to to win the game. Whether it be what with what we start with 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 Vieira or, or just looking at the bench. I mean, we talk about the midfield selection last week, but look at look how ridiculous our bench was against Burnley. Edward, Eze, Elise, unbelievable. Yeah. Jeffrey Schlupp. It's, it's, it just smacks of options and opportunities to, to sort of in-game management. We, we just we just see how it goes with what we go with to start, and we we, we have got opportunities to change it coming off the bench. Um, I definitely do think Eze will come off the bench at some point uh, on the weekend, and I cannot wait for that. Sellers uh, is just going to erupt. Because um, yeah, he played the Tottenham game, obviously, but that was what two thousand people. Um, so that I'm very much looking forward to to seeing Eze at some point on the weekend. Um, I wonder if Stevie G will be uh, extra motivated for this game uh, after <laughs> what we did uh, with Chris Dambour and and his his last ever his last ever Liverpool game. We sort of ruined that for him, didn't we? Yeah. Um, on on the pods. Um, so yeah, I wonder if he's got any extra motivation for the, for this game. If he's going to try and get the Villa boys up for it, but very much I am looking at it from a Palace point of view. That if we play the way we've been playing this season, I can I can see us taking it to them, and it doesn't really matter about the new manager bounce, and and, and we can get a victory. You know, I like that a lot, and I think actually that is a good way to look at things uh, this season. And Joe, if you could just talk us through um, how Will Hughes is going to win Man of the Match at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I think if if he is to start, it would be to, he would be tasked with I think just getting in John McGinn's way and just stopping him be an, the excellent kind of playmaker that he is for Aston Villa. Um, it's funny you were asking about uh, how they played against Brighton. I heard from a, a sort of other podcast that the sort of what the sort of quotes and stuff that were coming out of the Villa camp were that his main priority in that game was because I guess they're not in great form prior to that was I want a clean sheet here whatever else happens I don't care we leave with a clean sheet today and then I think so I think they are going to be another um, Wolves or Newcastle situation here where just where they're trying to turn the tide for themselves they're going to hold back as long as possible and frustrate us and then try and nick something late set pieces or whatnot like they did against Brighton that is still for that still remains a test for Palace, I think, at the moment. Wolves was an example of how we eventually got there, but mm. 
you know, these games that we think, oh, we've got a good run of fixtures ahead here, we should win these. I, I, I think we've still not confidently smashed through a lot, enough of those teams when those occasions have come. Um, we're getting further into the season now. Maybe that's going to help. The increased options are Will Hughes and say coming in now that may assist with that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm as I'm as excited as I have been all season to come and see us play. But I'm still as cautious until I see. You know, the, the, the games we've got a lot of joy in have been against better sides that are happy to come at us, and the others have taken a bit more we've had a bit more difficulty breaking some of these sides down and I think Villa are going to be another one of those you know they've got decent players and it's about how how long can they hold out so well, we at least have the crazy offensive options now to bring on uh, I guess my question to you guys is does Ayu start again oh we've not mentioned his name all pod uh I personally know as it's a home game but uh let's see what the others think Longy. Not, not this week. Uh, definitely at Old Trafford. Jack. Yeah, same. I, th- I think there's there'll be time for IU the week after with two long trips to to teams who like to possibly will have more of the ball than us. So yeah, I I think Michael's time to shine this Saturday. I think that's probably shared across the board, and we'll talk about IU's man of the match performance at Old Trafford, obviously after <laughs> that game. Um, but until then. We will obviously watch Villa and, and talk about that next week. But guys, it's been brilliant podding uh, with you. Thank you so much. Longy, great to have you back on. Hope you'll come on and join us again soon. Mate, uh, just drop me an offer, mate, and I'll, I'll, we'll see what we can do. Top man. Uh, Joe, great to have you on again. No, thanks. Always a pleasure, JD. And uh, Jack, happy birthday for Thursday. <laughs> yeah. So happy birthday, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thank birthday, you, mate. everyone. Yeah, thank you. Um, thanks for having me on, JD. Top man. Uh, and obviously, don't forget to join our patron if you haven't yet. Patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. Uh, but until then, enjoy the rest of the week and we'll see you again very soon. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.